morning. Well, today's message will will fit right along with communion and uh, the power of forgiving. But we have a quiz, of course. You get one every week just to see how sharp you are, how awake you are, if you had your coffee or not, and all of that. So last week, remember, it was who was the greatest financier in the Bible? Eh? And none of you got it, did you? Uh, it made me feel good the rest of the, the day. Yeah, <laughs> I got a corny one here. This is, it's not even biblical, but you know, why did the scarecrow get a promotion? You got it. I knew the young people would get it. Give them a hand. You didn't hear the answer, did you? Yeah, he was outstanding in his field. If you're going to groan, do it in harmony, you know. Get some bass and alto in there. You thought that was corny. I'll give you another one. This the, you, you answered so fast. Here's another corny one today. It's May, so, you know. What did the janitor yell when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies. Yeah! Did you win first? You know, the young people are doing quite well. However, you uh, senior citizens, well, God loves you anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, turn in your Bibles to Matthew ch uh, chapter 18, if you would. And we're thinking of the power of forgiving. You know, what communion's all about is remembering the price that was paid by Jesus so that we could experience the forgiveness of sin. Greatest thing in the world is to be forgiven, right? Okay, what's the matter with this side? This side got that, but this side didn't this time. Just teasing you a little bit. But to be forgiven is one of the greatest things, if not the greatest, in the whole universe. And so if we're wanting to uh, understand this and the power of forgiving, did everybody get their little outlines? Good, good, good. Nice to have bulletins. That's good. And uh, with the insert in it and so on. But there are several things that do give the Christian power in your life. And this, of course, is a very important one. And uh, I'm, what I want us to do today is just look at these four biblical calls to forgiveness. There are four of them. Number one is forgive to restore a brother. You know, a famous atheist once said, sometimes Christians are the only people they know that shoot their wounded. What they mean by that? Well, uh, there are some, sometimes in uh, some circles, where uh, you make a bad decision, you uh, 
disobey the Lord, disobey the Bible, and and get out of fellowship with the Lord. And then, and I think this person, you probably know her. She's no longer around. Her name was Madeline Murray O'Hara. She's the one that said that, that Christians are the only ones she knows that shoot their wounded. Well, she didn't know much about believers because a lot of, uh, a lot of believers don't do that, but there have been some. And, uh, our job is restoration, is it not? Uh, we can, you know, our job is not condemnation. They're already condemned for doing and disobeying the Lord. I mean, uh, that's, that's a bad thing, but our, our uh, job is for restoration. Here's, uh, Underneath that, I'm going to give them to you all right now. A call for private restoration, a call for public restoration, and a call for personal restoration. And we'll we'll get to those here. Now, I bet I went too fast for some. Huh? Or did you all get that? Well, okay. I believe you. Matthew 18, 15. Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Key word. And if he shall hear thee, you have gained your brother. And then other steps are listed if that doesn't happen. But boy, I tell you what, 90% of that if we would just do that, a call for private restoration. When we've been offended or we've been what we feel is wrong, you go to that person and you don't get on the phone and get to the prayer chain and say, well, I want you to pray about such and such and such because, and what that is no longer a prayer chain, that is a gossip chain. And so the Lord would have us to go to this person alone and um, and restore in a private way I've experienced that and it's a blessing when we obey the word of God amen, amen. now a call for public restoration and I want you to see this in second Corinthians chapter 2. In 1 Corinthians 5, there was a sexual sin that happened in the church and uh, actually a very, just a, a disgusting one. And uh, the Bible says it's not even talked about in, in, um, in the Gentile circles, let alone in the church. And the church did nothing. So Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 5, and I don't want you to look at that yet, but... Uh, he said, you know, you need to deal with that. You need to confront him. You need to discipline him. And we say discipline. He needed to be put out of the fellowship until he repented because there was no repentance. Anyway, he repented, apologized, got his heart right with the Lord. Then they wouldn't let him back in. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they went from one extreme to the other. And, and so Paul had to write this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 through 11. He says, 
uh, actually verse 6, uh, sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted by the many, so that on the contrary you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. And I've seen that happen. Wherefore, I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. It's amazing to me how one can experience forgiveness from the Lord, but from people it might be a little different. I hope that's not you. Wherefore, verse 8, I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether you obey me, uh, obey in all things. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes, in the person of Jesus Christ, I forgave it. I don't know if I've ever unraveled all that, but there's a lot of forgiveness going on in that verse. Now, here's the reason why. Verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of his main tools is to get believers to hold grudges and not realize that we have been forgiven freely. We need to also extend forgiveness. And I tell you, this can be a problem. So there needed to be a public restoration. The church blew it on this. And so Paul said, now listen, he's got his heart right. He's asked forgiveness. He wants to walk with the Lord. Take him back. So public restoration. And then a call for personal restoration in Galatians chapter 6. You still with me? We're just getting going. Wow. You're silent today. Galatians 6. Uh, <clears throat> and then uh, verse 1. Whoops, I've got Ephesians. Hang in there. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual or uh, walking with the Lord, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tem tempted. So this transgression, uh, if he was overtaken in this transgression of some kind, doesn't list what it is. You who are walking with the Lord, not you who are perfect. I've never met one. Never met a perfect believer. But someday we'll be able to meet the Lord who is perfect in every way. Amen? But anyway, you who are walking with the Lord, go to that person, grab him by the throat, shake your fist and wave the Bible and no, Restore. It's a medical term. When you have a broken bone, what do you do? You set it. You set it right. And uh, then that bone is restored. And uh, that's what it's talking about here. Restore in the spirit of meekness. 
lest yourself. So the spirit, not in the spirit of the Pharisee, but in the spirit of meekness. So there's a clear guideline if you want power in your life. Forgive to restore a brother. And sometimes, by the way, between brethren, we should just take the wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 talks about, and, and he had to get after these Corinthians again. It was the most carnal church in the New Testament. It may have been the most gifted, but gifts doesn't produce spirituality. But the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit does. Anyway, you know, they said, Dare any of you take one another to court before an unbelieving world rather than go to court before the unsaved? Here is an example from Abraham Lincoln. You know, he was a, he was a uh, lawyer for a long time. And this is a true story. A rich man in Springfield, Illinois, insisted that a certain poor man owed him $2.50. When the claim was denied, the rich man decided to sue him. He contacted a young lawyer named Abraham Lincoln, who at first hesitated to take the case. On second thought, he agreed. If he'd be paid a fee of $10 cash in advance... The client readily produced the money, whereupon Lincoln went to the poor man and offered him $5 if he would immediately settle the alleged date, a debt. Thus, Lincoln received $5 for himself, the poor man got $2.50, and the claim was satisfied. The rich man foolishly paid four times the original debt just, just to gain his rights. Sometimes we just should take the wrong and forgive and go on. Number two, here's another principle or biblical call to forgiveness, number two, so your prayers are not hindered. Now, I'm not going to read Mark 11 uh, for time's sake, but I, I will read 1 Peter chapter 3 and uh, verse 7. This is uh, talking about the marriage relationship, but it applies, I believe, to uh, all the spiritual relationship between believers as well. First Peter 3, 7, In like manner, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. We're talking physically there. Uh, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, so that your prayers be not hindered. And uh, having something between you and the Lord or this kind of thing, or even in the marriage relationship that is not just forgiven um, can hinder your prayers. I meant to put a verse in there. It didn't get printed. You still love me? There was just a little too long of a pause in there. Write it down, Psalm 66, 18, if you will. Psalm 66, 18. And the Bible says in that verse, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So failure to forgive is, is a sin. When we do not forgive as we have been forgiven, it's a disobedience to the Scripture. It's sin. 
and it's going to affect our prayer life. So you need to keep short accounts and prayer, uh, forgive so your prayers are not hindered. Number three, forgive so you do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And you find that in Ephesians 4, and you've heard these verses before. So that you do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen to me now. There's three commands on the Holy Spirit. Number one, we are to be controlled or filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to control us. Number two, we are not to quench Him. Number three, we are not to grieve Him. What's the difference? You quench the Holy Spirit when you say no to something He wants you to do uh, or say or... Or, uh, or, or that. You can quench the Holy Spirit by not reading the Word regularly, going to church and getting fed. And I realize there are some reasons why you can't. Uh, those things are exceptions, not the rule. But you can quench the Holy Spirit by doing those things or not doing those things. You grieve Him when you sin and disobey. Ephesians 4, verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed under the day of redemption. I say hallelujah to that. And here's how you grieve Him. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Here's the way it is. As God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Boy, that puts a different light on it, doesn't it? Someone once said being bitter and hating people is like burning your own house to get rid of a rat. It's dumb. So there will always be, if you're still taking notes, there will always be a power shortage in your life otherwise. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you're not a happy Christian. There's something in your life that should not be there. Here's a little limerick for you. There was a very bitter man who never laughed or played. He never risked, he never tried, he never sang or prayed. And when one day he passed away, his insurance was denied, for since he never really lived, they claimed he never died. And when bitterness rules the life, we're not living. And I don't know people's hearts, and I don't want to know people's hearts, but you know your own heart, and the Lord knows your own heart. And if there's a root of bitterness anywhere in there, that's what need, you need to deal with as a believer, for sure. Otherwise, you will grieve the one who indwells you. When you accept Christ as your personal Savior and you're born again, somebody takes residence in your, in your body. And the, and the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit. And so we grieve Him when we refuse to deal with this. In fact, uh, if you're still taking notes, spirit-filled or controlled people are not in bondage to bitterness and anger. They can't be. You can't have both. 
You can't allow the Spirit of God to have full control and be glorifying Jesus Christ daily in your walk if you're grieving the Holy Spirit. That doesn't work. Hebrews 12, 15. You remember a guy named Esau? you got to answer me, otherwise I'm going to ask it over and over again. Okay, who was Jacob's brother? Esau. Oh, thank you. In Hebrews 12, 15, verse 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and not just you, the last part of that verse says, and by it many be defiled. The last two years I did not spray my lawn because of the cost. And uh, I have more dandelions than you've ever seen in your life. If I was to pull them all out, you wouldn't see any lawn hardly. So I got on the schedule. I don't know when he's going to do it. But I've noticed one thing. When you grab a dandelion and you, you, know, you pull it up and the top comes off, guess what? The root is still there, right? And it springs up. That's like bitterness. You've got to get the root. You've got to get down in there and bring it to the Lord. Confess it if you need to talk to somebody else. But a lot of times, people are, are just unwilling to do it. And therefore, you end up in bondage with bitterness and anger. Don't let that happen to you. Because it doesn't just bother you. Those around you, it bothers them too. You can't hide that kind of thing in your life if you're a believer. So, forgive to restore a brother. Forgive so your prayers are not hindered. And forgive so you do not grieve the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. Number four. Forgive because you have been forgiven. Amen? Amen. Huh? I don't know how precious this really is. I hope it's, it's precious to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, talking about Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 7 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. In whom? In Christ. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Can I unpack that for just a minute? Redemption means to buy back, to buy out of, or purchase out of the slave market of sin. We are all sinners. We were born into sin. And with His blood, He redeemed us. You as a believer are His by redemptive purchase. And so, Christian, remember that. And He purchased it with His blood. That's what we remembered in communion today. And that allowed us to have the forgiveness of sins. And the word forgiveness here means to cancel a debt. You know, for years I made car payments until I retired, so we thought we'd just drive them into the ground. 
But it's really neat. I don't feel the pain every month, you know, when the car payment is due. But I always thought when all those years we were making car payments, because I'm not a mechanic, you know, and, and I had five daughters and my wife, and I didn't want them pulled over. So we kept a newer type of car. And uh, not a fancy one, but we, we kept. So I always had car payments. I always dreamt, though, someday I'd wake up and when I was only like a third of the way through paying for the car, I'd get a call from the bank. And the bank said, hey, your debt has been canceled. And I'd wake up and realize that didn't happen. <laughs> But it did for me and you at the cross. You received the forgiveness of sins when you came to Jesus and asked him to forgive you and come into your heart and life. And you met him at the cross and the empty tomb, which gave him the authority to forgive your sins. You forgive because you have been forgiven. It is, is this precious to you if you're filling out your notes? When you reread Ephesians 4.32, be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you, you do not have a right not to forgive. I don't have a right not to forgive. You know, another precious verse is 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, several verses just to remind me and it's not in your notes you can write it down 1 Corinthians 6 9 through 11 the Bible says do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God be not deceived neither fornicators or idolaters or adulterers or effeminate or abusers of themselves with mankind in today's terminology, that would be homosexuality, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. No wonder the world hates this Bible. You know that? Because it nails it right to the, right, right to the matter. They will not inherit the kingdom of God, but look at verse 11. And such were, past tense, some of you. Because you and I can fit in this list of verse 9 and 10 somewhere in there. And if you don't like that, if you don't fit in that list, there's other lists. Like the one in Galatians or Revelation that talks about lying and things like that. But such were some of you. But you are washed. You are sanctified or set apart for his use. But you are justified. You've been declared righteous. In the name of our Lord Jesus, by the Spirit of our God. Wow. See, that whole list there can receive forgiveness because it's whosoever will may come. We have a wonderful gospel message to of Real needy world, don't we? Anyway, so let's finish your notes. Remember, forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. If I waited till I felt like it, then 
You don't trust your feelings on this. Obey the scripture and restore a brother. Forgive so your prayers are not hindered. Forgive so you don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Forgive because you have been forgiven. That's the greatest reason of all. That's why we this do in remembrance of me. So it's a choice, not a feeling. See what Jesus said about it in Matthew 18, 32 through 35. You can read that in your own time. And what I want you to fill out there is on the bottom, exchange, baggage, or bitterness. They both start with B. You can see if you can write both of them in there. <coughs> exchange the baggage for victory and power. And I'm serious. I am really serious. Don't let Satan get an advantage in your life with the root of bitterness, a failure to forgive, because it will hurt you spiritually. And you don't, you know, life is too short. I think everyone's been hurt somewhere, haven't they? I, I mean, I remember when I was a young man. I, I there was a few. Th- Times I, I just felt hurt. <clears throat> but I'll tell you what, the healing power of forgiveness is a wonderful thing. I have a book recommendation for you. It's called The Freedom of Forgiveness. Forgot to write down the author, but you can look it up. Little paperback book. You can look it up on the internet or wherever whatever you have, and you will. Be blessed by having that little paperback book, The Freedom of Forgiveness. It's powerful. It's biblical. We're going to sing an old hymn. I like this hymn. It's called, There is a Fountain Filled with Blood. And we're going to take the words on the screen. It is also, I think, number 80 in your uh, hymn books. But um, we'll sing as long as the music lasts. How's that? Rob thinks he's got music for one or two verses. We'll see how that goes. Let's stand as we sing. There's a fountain filled with blood. Precious song. Precious truth. thank you for the privilege of being forgiven and Lord I pray earnestly in the bottom of my heart that there would be no barriers in the lives of these dear people here in Miller but that there would be complete forgiveness and forgiving others who have wronged us How thankful we are to be redeemed. How thankful we are that all all that comes with that. And what a joy it is to be washed in the blood. 
now as freely as we have been forgiven. May we obey the word today and freely forgive others. We know that's the path to power in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.